thirsty and 30. Hello, hello. Welcome. I'm too excited for this episode. I don't know why I should not be smiling so much when we're talking about infidelity, but I am. And I am totally excited. So welcome to episode 15 of Thirsty and 30, the chat show that's fun, informative, and friendly. And frankly, the blind leading the blind in the love space. Our goal is to navigate and translate modern love with all its complications and quirks so that you can make saner decisions and, of course, feel less lonely during these times. So I'm Bea, your usual non-expert, and I'm extra, like I took a Red Bull today just to discuss infidelity. Hi, Shari. Bea, you're way too excited. You can't even get your words out today. Like you I know. like yourself like adrenaline or something. So yeah. yeah, good evening everyone and my family. I know that you guys are watching today. <laughs> Hi guys. Um, they, but, um they don't watch um, every episode, uh, Shari. I think yes, so they, they watch they watch every episode, but I think they we are a complete unit today. So hello. Okay. So good evening, everyone <laughs> and our Thursday crowd. We're back this week with a topic that is universally practiced, universally condemned, and sometimes condoned by those that are loyal and in love. Infidelity, like what Bea said. Um, so this topic, or shall I say this practice, is so ingrained in Filipino culture um, for such a taboo subject, it is talked about with no shame from our usual family table conversations to it being one of the most popular movie plot lines. The question here is why? Why are we so obsessed with this? So I do have to greet, um, again, my favorite loyal viewer, my cousin who's 11 years old. Happy birthday, belated. Last Happy week, birthday, you were not allowed, and now yeah. you're still not allowed. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> Last week was a no-no for you, but okay, welcome. Okay. And then another, uh, Rachel says, what up? Cheers to sane decisions and Red Bull. I absolutely mm -hmm. agree. Okay, so Shari, we're not going to waste people's time tonight and get into small talk. Usually we like, you know, this one, wala, wala talaga. Yeah, so our guest tonight doesn't really need any introductions, but because we absolutely adore her, actually, there are two. We have a surprise guest. I'm really happy that, yeah, I'm happy that they both decided to join because they are just the most adorable, witty couple that I aspire to have. Sana may ganun. <laughs> Sabi ko sa'yo, sobrang excited ako. Your color is matching your top. You're green with envy. <laughs> I am. Wow, witty. Okay. Allow us, okay, so allow us to share a bit about both of them. I'll be doing the intro to our um our first guest and then Shari will do our guest from um from the royal family. Hold on. So, <laughs> take a breath. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why. Sabi nga sa akin ng, um, ng kuya na yung kachat ko. Na sabi niya, I shouldn't glorify. Masyado akong excited for this episode. Yeah. But I am. I mean, I've been through this and I think a lot of people have. And I think we're very, that's why I'm extra happy because yeah. I get to kind of understand the reality of it. So okay. Okay. I'll take a breath. So, Sorry, Jay. Breath and let's please introduce our guest. <laughs> 
<laughs> so okay. Our guest tonight is Dr. Margie Holmes, a person who exudes humor, wit, and honesty, even if you were just stuck in an elevator with her for five minutes. She is so passionate about giving out straightforward information that she has written numerous books such as Live, uh, Life, Love, Lust, Straightforward Answers to Provocative Questions, Down to One, Depression Stories, Sexy, Saucy, Spicy, A Different Love, Being Gay in the Philippines, Buhay Single, and these are just some of the many books. I really do need to take a breath. I know you do. So, <laughs> there's absolutely no doubt on why she is the leading therapist in the Philippines when it comes to sex and relationships. By the way, she is one of only seven people to graduate magna cum laude among more than 2,000 who graduated that year. She studied psychology and public health with specializations in sex therapy, and marriage counseling. Also, Bea, she is married to a very handsome um, man from the UK, Prince Harry's handsome uncle, Jeremy. <laughs> okay, guys, he's not really Prince Harry's handsome uncle, but he is very handsome. Jeremy Fair, also known as Asawani Dr. Holmes. They're co-columnists of um, Two Pronged, which, is, which has been on Rappler for six years. They are co-authors of two books, Love Triangle and Imported Love. I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Margarita Holmes and Jeremy. Oh, I'm going to click it. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for inviting us. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I can say one thing that I'm not Prince Harry's uncle. I'm his great uncle. Oh, oh you, you, you could be cousins. Come on. <laughs> so sweet. Okay. So, Dr. Holmes, we are so excited to have the both of you here so we're like two giddy schoolgirls. girls is like a school girl and like speed or something i don't know what's happening to her so, <laughs> so for our chat today we'll be discussing infidelity and we've divided it into two parts um one time cheating and long time cheaters so first we usually like to start with um an icebreaker but today we'll start with like quick fire questions oh okay yeah, we'll start with that. But I guess like before we get into the quick fire questions, I do want to ask what is your secret to your marriage? Like the two of you. Because I can't like you know, when you see two people that are just like they feed off each other, you both have that. And I'm always so curious when I meet couples, like what makes it work? How about the two? I would say that uh two things. <laughs> Firstly, we both had a great deal of experience before we got married. But <laughs> marriages that didn't work. Oh. So that was one thing. The other thing is we keep it a secret. Oh, oh. <laughs> so we, we have to go through our own marriages first, Bea. And then yeah. eventually you'll find the marriage that sticks. I can't even get one. I can't even get I one nail down. If you're only 30, or I was 30. Anyway. That's 31 so soon, soon. Because of COVID, it speed oh, up the 30. process. <laughs> I don't count this year because, you know, nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When we got married, I was 52. Jeremy was 57. <laughs> 57. Of course, it was my fourth marriage and his second. And that's why it took so. But still, I was 52. You were 57. Yeah. And now we're in our 70s. 
And now, maybe we shouldn't tell them that because then they won't buy our books. Anyway. They look very hip to us. Very hip. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so Bay, our quick fire question. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm too in awe of this. Like, I don't even know why I can't speak. But okay, let's start. Okay, true or false? Um, we have a common, like, a couple of uh, cheating sayings. Cheating sayings, like cliches. Yeah, and we just want to know what you both think. Um, so the first is, I think this is very common. Once a cheater, always a cheater. True not or false? Necessarily. <laughs> No. Likely, but not necessarily. Okay, no. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, second, all men cheat. No. No. Really? I don't think St. Joseph cheated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so it's very special, special men. Okay, okay. We are, we are going back a long way to find somebody who didn't cheat. Yeah, I know. You have to I go know, all right? the way back. You didn't even say present company excluded. Aha! <laughs> okay, this, this one is inspired by, not really inspired, like just because of COVID and a lot of the like AIDS as well. Um, cheating is now can be considered attempted murder. Oh, that's very interesting. This is for my dad. Thank you, dad. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's very interesting. <laughs> I not even put attempted. It is. It is. <laughs> murder, yeah. Well, if the person dies, yes. No, but even, you know, it could murder your relationship. It could murder your trust in women or men. But uh, anyway, okay. Um, but what about if nobody knows about it? Oh, so it can murder you and your soul. Yeah, your soul. Which is okay. okay. Um, men cheat more than women. True or false? Apparently not. <gasps> according really? to according to studies that I've read recently. <laughs> Are those studies written by men only? <laughs> Darling. Well, the these are studies that are purely by transgenders. No, okay. <laughs> I am not woke again. He's not woke again. anyway. No, the latest research I read, which is done by the University of Chicago, which is supposed to be well respected in the sense that it followed the Kinsey study. So, you know, a large number of men and women, large sample, and unlike the Kinsey studies, which only focused on white men and women, I think they took pains to make it a more diversified culture. Or uh, the question, you know, their subjects had diversity. If that, at any rate, and it still said that men cheated more than women. But women were starting to cheat more. Not that I think this is a good thing or a bad thing. Now, 25% of women admitted to cheating in that study. And the men? And the men, I think it was 50%. I think, I'm not sure about the men. It was the women that really got me. Yeah. Okay, this one. Um, it's 100% the cheater's fault. <laughs> no. Agreed. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I know men before. And it's, it's only 10% the cheater's fault. <laughs> 
Okay, okay, people generally don't cheat when they are in good relationships. Yeah. Uh -huh. I disagree. Alas, no. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> last but last I like not, this one. I like Shari, this one. take this one away. Take this one away. Um better yeah. to be better to be occasionally cheated than perpetually suspicious. <laughs> False dichotomy. <laughs> you mean what can be in between that? Or... Yeah. It doesn't have to be just one or the other. Mm -hmm. There are other possibilities. Mm, very interesting. Now I will follow him. Yeah, there might be eternally suspicious is pretty bad. But you're saying occasionally cheated is that you find out that he cheated or she, she cheated on you? I guess you have I guess you have what acceptance that you're occasionally cheated on versus oh. you're just um, suspicious. Oh, suspicious. Yeah, I would leave with I know. Like, I'll be celibate, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, thank you so much for answering those quick fire questions and I think you've consoled a lot of people because these are questions like these are things that are, we always hear. So, we do have an anonymous caller. So, just get, to give you a bit of background, we've been working on this episode for about like I think about 2 months. I really wanted yeah. to know the mind of a cheater. And so I was betting with Sherry that I could find a cheater. And, and she said she did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so impressed. <laughs> yeah, so we do have an anonymous caller. Unfortunately, he didn't want to show his um, uh, complete identity, which is fine. But um, we want to get everyone to visualize this. Um, he is Euro-Asian. And I have to say, we didn't tell him yet, but he is pretty good looking. And he seems to be a very nice guy. And so for tonight, his name is Luca. And he's also got a great voice to accompany it i haven't yeah told him so we did that he was handsome our first zoom call with him <laughs> random person and then he removed his face mask and they were both like foggy <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't told them so sorry please make sure your camera's off because yeah. i cannot control your camera oh so. look, somebody you have a little fan here so down to earth and charming you mean loka loka I think that's more of what you're trying to say, but thank you. <laughs> so, hi, Luca. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Hello. Oh, <laughs> thank oh. you for the <laughs> thank you so much for the introduction. Sorry. Can you yeah? Please share your experience with us. Okay. Uh, I mean, are we uh, just exactly what happened from when it happened until I confessed? Yes. The yeah. whole works, please. Oh. <laughs> Whatever you told Bea and I, just give us a quick summary sure. of it and let's ask our professionals for some advice. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think this is eight, eight years ago. Uh, I was with a, uh, well, um, my ex, of, you know, uh, let's call her. Can we just call her Sarah? I don't, I, I don't like referring to someone as an ex, you know. But uh, Sarah and I, were, we, we had been dating for a long time since high school, and uh, we, we broke up for a little bit and went into college together. Um, and 
she had left the country and a friend of hers was throwing a, uh, a house party, uh, which of course I was invited to. We had a lot of the same um, friends, right? And, and I don't remember much. All I remember was just taking a bunch of shots, too much drink that I can handle. Party ended, people left, and I left. Um, and this is one of the biggest parts that bothers me so much is that when I, I went back, I was close to my apartment. That's what I remember. And the next thing I remember was I was, you know, kicking and pushing on my skateboard back to her house. Um, and I remember being so drunk. I remember falling so many times, but I was just persistent. Um, and looking back, you know, it was like, I don't, I don't remember. There's just so many potholes of these details of like, what was my intention of going back? I can't re really recall if I got a, a text message from her or I left something behind. I just remember I was on my way back. Um, no one was there. It was just her and me and we talked for a little bit. And then I remember waking up next to her and our, our you know, clothes were off and I knew what had happened. I, it was like a really slow shutter speed fo photo of sex, you know, just super blurry. Um, yeah, I, I waited for her to wake up. I think that was like one of like the most weirdest, like time just froze. I just waited for her to wake up. I didn't know what kind of clarity I was going to gain from her, but that was it. Um, she woke up, we looked at each other, and um, I remember we weren't really in the same frequency. It was very casual for her, and for me, I was just like, oh, wow, okay, I don't, you know, I can't really, um, we can't talk about this. You're not the person I should talk to. Um, that afternoon, I got a call from Kelsey. Oh, well, it's okay. Kelsey, you're not listening. But Kelsey is, a, Kelsey is her roommate. And she gives me this, uh, she, uh, you know, gives me this ultimatum of uh, telling um, uh, uh, oh, your girl, Sarah your, mm. to tell Sarah that day or, um, or she'll tell her. And I had to beg Kelsey. And Kelsey, I, she thought she was close to uh, Sarah as, um, she thought she was much closer to her than she actually was. And I think this was like her way in. But anyways, I begged for her to wait. I will pick her up from the airport and I will tell her. Picking her up was just like a, a two two days later, and I remember um, I don't I don't recall much between that time, but on my way there it was like time warp. I just ended up in front of SFO um, about like twenty minutes. She's just waiting for her luggage, and I just started crying. But like I didn't cry, you know, any point after waking up from that that morning, but I just started crying so much. And I think that's one of the problems that I deal with a lot is when I process something, you know, uh, traumatic or something like that, I, I, I tend to do it all in one shot, you know. Um, so I just started crying so much. And I remember having this goal of, like, be as composed as possible and tell her without, you know, guiding this conversations with my tears or anything. Like, I didn't want to look kawawa. I didn't want to look... You know, I just wanted to tell her. Um, she got in the car. Uh, my eyes were puffy. 
and I remember she thought that uh, she thought that my grandparents had passed, you know. Um, uh-huh. So that became much harder to <laughs> to tell it. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. We drove. We drove. They're alive. Right? I told her to wait. I told her we're gonna park uh, first parking lot. We see we're gonna get in. We're gonna get in, and I'll tell you. And and you know, uh, five minutes down the road, there's a parking lot. Park right outside, and I tell her in the car, and she, you know, got out of the car getting air and I remember her just yelling. I had slammed the door. So, you know, I just, she was yelling something. Um, Got out of the car, met her in the trunk side of the car. And I remember she grabbed my balls really hard, really, really hard. And I do remember this was in front of a mall and there were people, um, you know, um, I don't know if anyone looked or whatever, but you know, anyways, besides the point, um, uh, oh, by the way, this does not, that grabbing of my balls has nothing to do with her character. She's really a great person, okay? That don't, okay. that's not a thing, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, because you might think, like, damn, she's that kind of person? No, 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 not at all. No, I would do the same. She's, I would do the same, exactly. I was like, I, um, I would do the same. I think so, yeah. I th- I'll take it like a, you know, the, the standard reaction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was it. And, you know, like, um, I remember, you know, we tried to, we tried to fix things. Um, and I was game in the, in the very beginning, but it was short lived. I think like not even a week later, I started feeling like, because I don't know if I, if it was a fear of like, I don't want to have to wait and dig myself out of this grudge that you're gonna have, or I just hate, I just hate this. I hate what happened, I hate, and you're a part of that picture. And that's so, it's terrible to say, you know what I mean? But like she, you know, she didn't make my choices, but in some way it was like a reflection of what had happened and everything. And I don't know. I just remember um, there was a, a majority of that time where we're trying to rebuild this relationship. It was really me maybe sabotaging it or or um really calling it an end and that's what happened um i think we we reached the point where we both realized you know what this is not gonna we, we can't we can't put this um behind us and so that was it um and then yeah talking about it now it's not really like conquering this experience or anything like that uh, my biggest problem is that there's, again, there's so many little details of my intentions that I can't map out anymore. Um, I can't remember why I turned around, you know, because that started it all, but I was skated back. And um, um, that bugs me because that's the reason. Um, and, but I'm not looking for an excuse. I'm just trying to, like, uh, have this sort of clarity. But it's okay. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah. so so Luca though, like you you mentioned to us in the pre-interview that you kind of because of this experience of yours, you kind of struggled with your relationships after that, right? So what exactly do you mean by that, or what questions do you have in relation to how you can move forward with your relationships? Right. Um, it wasn't much as it was. It was really. It was like walking on eggshells, you know? Um, I, I, I didn't know how to, okay, so it was like, I, I called that love, you know? There was a point where I felt it, 
you know, it's, it's ride or die, baby type of thing, right? And, um, you know, um, and at the, mo at the time, we were living in the middle of nowhere. It was like the most romantic place, you know? Um, and so there was no intention of cheating. There was no intention of deceiving her or anything. But the thing is, I used love and I dropped that so hard. And so after that, it was this like, what? I mean, like, how do I define this? Like, what, what gears in my body is going to tell me that this is going to really be it? Like, how can I do that to love? Yes, I, I know I did that to her, but, you know, to, you know. Um, Lu so, Luca, yeah, oh yeah. I think what I mean, a, a lot of you know what I find very interesting about your story is that you shared something that happened quite a long time ago, right? And it still feels like when you're telling us, it's very fresh. Um, Dr. Margie and Jeremy, do you have anything advice. that you can advise for him? Um, and kind of, you know, like I still, I this guy seems like a really nice guy and I actually want him to like move on from this because like what we call him is like he's got such a great conscience about this like he's aware of it what mm -hmm. do you think for people that are have cheated once and they and want, want to have yeah move, move on forward and get over the guilt yeah I think it's perfectly natural to feel guilt and I think it's perfectly natural to think uh you know, is it going to happen again when I'm in a subsequent relationship? And there's certainly no way that you can say it isn't going to happen again. This is what is so undermining. I mean, my personal view is that you only get out of this rut if you get into a relationship where you really, really feel that You've got so much to lose if you screw up, but you don't screw up. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to say that, you know, we, we respond, we respond to, uh, to hardship much better than to kindness or to anything else. If somebody says, I'm going to hit you really, really hard if you do something, it's not very likely that you're going to do it. Yeah. If they say to you, you know, I'll give you a sweetie if you don't do it, you know, or, you know, a strawberry gatto or whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's not compelling. So, my view is that you have to have more to lose by cheating than not. And that's the only thing that will keep you on the straight and narrow. Now, I may just be speaking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> you get threatened, you get threatened, not sweets, but like a whip. A whip, okay. Well, no, uh, I'm fortunately, I'm married to dominatrix. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, or fortunately. That's the key. <laughs> okay, look for dominatrix women on, uh, around. Luca, how about you, Dr. Margie? What do you yeah, think? Jeremy, let me just take off of what he said. I don't, Jeremy calls it the fear factor, okay? But you have to believe it, meaning there are so many women. Of course, we're not talking about you, Luca, because we don't know, you know, 
really what's inside you know so we're just talking in general right like right it's possible to keep men from cheating and even if you don't do it personally you know like you want to say don't if the man knows really that you will leave him if he cheats because you don't you don't believe that he should do that because not only because he put his penis in another woman's vagina but it shows you know a complete lack of respect and etc etc now if the woman if the man knows for sure that the woman will do it kaya niyang gawin you know she has the resources especially the inner resources but unfortunately uh, to be realistic also the financial resources to leave him i think he will think twice if he loves her because there are some men who pray that the women will leave them because if she does then you know you don't have to give, you don't have to give such a big alimony etc 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 but it's like men have a feral instinct they can smell it if the woman is just threatening and doesn't mean it men women say if you fool around i believe you but men know that that's not true either because they don't have the financial resources they don't have the inner resources that they mind if women say separada lang or whatever you know but men can tell so what do you do the first time he pulls around you know you cry or you threaten the next time he pulls around you cry more more buckets of tears more threats uh, there's a principle in family therapy remember oh if you do something once and it doesn't work doing more of the same thing crying more loudly etc will not work it's like foreigners foreigners who talk english to us and we don't understand then they think if they talk more loudly oh don't get me on this i have very strong feelings about sex yeah. and racism towards mm. Filipinas and Filipino. they think if they talk more slowly and louder they think a filipino will understand well that's bullshit you know yeah. this is like family therapy doing more of the same thing talking more slowly or speaking more loudly will not mean the filipino will understand you he just might get more nervous and it's like a woman who cries more and threatens more but the man won't do it but the man knows she won't do it so what's the use so so dr holmes what's an effective way to get your point across that hey stop it keep it in your pants what's like a good way to get that message across if not like that sherry <laughs> yeah jeremy tell us how do we like stop the cheating if you're a woman who's prepared to tolerate it once yeah give him another chance then you say you know next time i'm out of here when he does it the second time you gotta leave because otherwise it's useless uh, so you just have to stick to your word that's it when you say well, you, 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 you have to be firm in your own mind mm. yeah game plan is you know if i think it, if you're really really resolute that may penetrate the thick skull of the neanderthal that you're married to and 
if he, as you know, my wife said, if he really loves you, then he'll stay and he'll behave. But if he doesn't really love you, then you know, game over. So I think there's two sides to what you were um, sharing. Was like on Luca's side, like I think the question here is like he's he's treated only once on someone. Um, Luca, I think what Jeremy was saying was really profound. On like you won't cheat again if you feel like in your relationship there's a lot to lose. But yeah. until you find you're in dating people and um, you don't feel like there's something to lose, then you will possibly find Flip someone again. else. But yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is presuming that the woman doesn't want you to cheat, mm. right? Because there are some women who don't care. I mean, they might care, but not that much. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to put that point in. Don't you think, Carly? Yeah. Well, there are tons of women who are happy if you give them a credit card and you know, a nice house and good education yeah. for the children. Mm and all the rest of those nice things and you know if the price of that is that you fool around they might even be happy <laughs> yes you know? right yeah because, uh, sorry to say but not all men are great lovers <laughs> um, okay are happy to be left alone <laughs> yeah. What, what they do with their spare time is another matter. <laughs> but to that, I think it's not, I think it's not just women who um, don't mind you being unfaithful as long as you give them all the accoutrements of being a wife, you know, credit card, support them financially, et cetera, et cetera. They may, there may be women who say, you know, I mean, I love you, you love me, we'll stay by the kids. But let's have an open marriage because monogamy is impossible. I mean, there are not as many men as women. Mm. Or, you know, but I think that's another thing one has to take into account. Don't you think so? Yeah, and I think there are other, there are other people who just aren't that interested in sex. Oh, so. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's uh, sexual, you mean? Well, not that, yeah, but close to that end of the schedule, yes. So what do you mean? So they feel that since they can't give the kind of sex their partner wants, they're ready for them to fool. They're not fool around. They're ready for them to give permission someone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Interesting. Yes. Mm. So, Luca, mm. did we did we answer your question, or did <laughs> we help you out? Know. Poor Luca. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I, you know what? It, you know, this doesn't hinder me from like dating or having been in other relationships it it just every now and then it surfaces into this um you know um like damn like how am i going to find because i do want i i do fantasize about that old kind of love you know that really yeah. like one you're the one and only this is soul food yeah. you know this is good and um you know again it happened once and all those myths that you were listing out it's like that's the type of stuff that scares me and so when, when that memory surfaces and you got all these men in the Philippines, you know, father figures still cheating, it, okay. it really makes it like, is this shit impossible today? Like, was I just not born mm. in the right era? That's the part that really stu uh, like stumps me, you know what I mean? Because I want to yep. be that full on romantic, but it's just like, yeah. there's, 
I don't we know. Feel just, we feel you. The environment's you. a little blurry. You know, there's no clear cut guideline for, you know, us 30s, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a good point that Luca said because I really think age is a contributing factor. I mean, we oh. this. I mean, we, we were rabid. What? Infidels. I mean, we were not quite the most faithful in our previous marriages. But we were talking about this, right? And we said that we think our being older helped us become, you know, I was 52, you were 57. It was a little easier to be faithful. You were spot on when you say maybe 30. Mm -hmm. It's much, and generally, there are many exceptions to the rule. But generally, it is easier for a man to be faithful in his 50s, what would you say, than when he's 30. And I know for myself, it's true. So I need to date people at 50s. I know. No. I, need to, I need to change. I need to change That's my the moral. The, 50s above. That is the. No, I want to be extra sure. I'll be like 60 to 80. That's my market now. Yeah, I, I, I'd go for the high end. Eighties, seventies, nineties. He won't be around very long, and you inherit everything. Okay, oh. so Luca, when you get to eighty, you'll be fine. Just basically, yeah. that's what we're saying to you. But um, thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, we did go. What this shows you is infidelity is so complicated. Um, there's so much things that happen in a relationship that whether you're one time cheat, like one-time cheater or uh, someone who does it quite frequently. Um, it's complicated. You just have to be more self-aware. But thank you for sharing your story, Luca. Yeah, yeah and thank you. I appreciate all of you so much. All right? Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, maybe you can show your face next time so they can see how happy <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we wish you luck. And we wish you many successful dates, Reedy. Yes, much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks again, Luca. Take care. Happy dating. Don't lose hope. Yeah. So, Dr. Holmes, you have a few other questions. Um, based on what you've heard, what are the most common reasons that people actually cheat? Like, if you could name like a top three, other than I guess the sex isn't good, what else is yeah. there? I think probably the the major thing is. Novelty. Mm. Men seem to be driven by a desire for novelty. And uh, as my wife often says, you know, the least imaginative of them cheat. There are many ways uh, of I like that. Uh, and uh, and I think I think the other thing is you cheat if you can. And you get away with it, or uh, good depends on the condition of your marriage. Uh, depends whether you spend you know, twenty weeks of the year traveling, all this sort of stuff. You know, there there are many variables. Hmm. How about you, Doctor Margie? Like, what do you think are the reasons? Yeah. Um, I was trying to remind him, but what we're going to write a column. A little bit about that in next week's Rappler or this Sunday's mm. Rappler. So that's why he doesn't want to mention it. Surprise! Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I did. You yeah. know, the need for novelty exists in both men and women, but sometimes, uh, somehow, uh, men. 
some men, the least imaginative, say the need for novelty has to do with uh, another woman. You know, it's, you know, even if you have steak every week, which I find such a weak alone excuse, sometimes you need hamburger. Or th- it doesn't yeah. make the woman feel good that your steak and the other woman is hamburger, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm the steak. I'm the steak. The other one's hamburger. Let's be clear. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not some minced meat. <laughs> or your burger machine. I'm like, you know. Yeah, you know, right? It's, you know, tell me another one. Yeah. yeah. So I really feel that, uh, you know, it's not a good excuse. And, and men who use that excuse, you know, there are so many ways. You know, you can what skydive, you can, you know, whatever. I just want to share with you before you talk a European study that said that men have to find their marriage very, very, very happy before they don't cheat. Whereas women have to find their marriage very, very, very unhappy before they consider cheating. Uh, <laughs> he agrees. It's like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I think you're impressed. And I think you have to consider the, the cultural aspect. Um, if, if, you, if you grow up in, in a society where cheating is normal, like perhaps here, so yeah. there's a lot of time in Latin America, and cheating in Latin America is endemic. Uh, in fact, yeah, I was, I had some doubts about my first marriage, doubts which were subsequently seen to be very sensible. But I was told by my best man on the night before the wedding, he said, don't worry, she's very nice, and you can always cheat. Yeah. And so this, this was sort of uh, the encouraging speech before the wedding. <laughs> wow. So, I think, therefore, if, if, if this, is, this is the way you're brought up, everybody around you is doing this, mm. it's quite difficult you know, to, to follow a different path unless you know, you've got some really strong sense of I don't know religion or uh, yeah. whatever religion. it may be. Yeah. But yeah, religion matters. Religion matters, but um you know if you I don't like to say this, but if you look <laughs> at what's been happening in the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> it's, this is his hobby uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Perhaps you know <laughs> the morals of the church are not the best to lead you. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'm on the same boat. Sometimes, um, yeah. It seems to be uh, a belief, and, and unfortunately, in my clinical experience, it seems like men can compartmentalize love and sex far more easily than women can. Okay? So they'll say, what's she complaining about? You know, blah, blah. After all, I go home to her, she gets my salary, blah, blah, blah. However, the other interesting thing is, if you maybe look at, your friends, and certainly the research shows, and yet men are more jealous. So women seem to be able to forgive more 
Whereas men, if they find out their wife is fooling around, or they're, yeah. they're more likely yeah. to end marriage. Do you find that in your experience, your friends, or? I wonder whether that. Men. I yeah. wonder whether that's a function. <laughs> well, of the I. position of women. Yeah. Oh, I, oh very interesting. In the yeah. sense that it's much more difficult for a woman to leave, take the children, go and make a new life for herself in many countries. I mean, hmm. in the West, things may be different, but, but say here, uh, yeah. the, there's no, first of all, there's no divorce. Yeah. There's very little yeah. protection for a woman who wants to leave her husband, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you've got to be a pretty strong-willed woman to take action in this country, I think. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like this conversation of ours is like the perfect intro to this anonymous letter that I have. Yes. Okay. It's a bit long, but I'll go through it quickly. And I do really, really want to hear what you think. So, dear Thirsty and Thirsty, Thirsty and 30, I'm in my 50s, and I can say that I'm probably one of the unluckiest women in the world to have witnessed cheating all my life. When we were in grade school, my dad would bring us to school every day. There were numerous times when he would pick up a woman, usually a college student, from the bus stop and drop her off somewhere near our school. So it would be him, his kids, and the mistress, all in one car. That time, we were all under the age of 10. So we had no idea what that all meant. This would go on intermittently for years, but none of us ever mentioned anything to our mom. For as long as I can remember, I think our dad told our young minds that we shouldn't tell our mother. Fast forward to when we were in high school, my mom would get anonymous phone calls telling her that her husband is cheating on her and that his mistress is his secretary. My mom never checked on him. Never. We would sometimes hear her tell my dad, Alam ko, hindi santo mga lalaki. Nagda-date siguro kapag wala na sa bahay, pero wag ka lang mag-anak sa labas. Sorry, Jeremy, do you speak in Tagalog? I, I prefer Dutch. Uh, oh. <laughs> Let me translate. You do, I have, do I have to translate that part? No, no, um, carry on. Okay. So fast forward again to my 20s. My dad told me and my siblings that he has a two-year-old love child and that he wants us to meet her. We were all so surprised, but back then, we didn't have the courage to get mad at him. He forced us to meet up with her regularly from then on, threatening that if we do not, and if we tell her mom, he would disinherit us and give everything to his child. We were hurt, furious, and felt incredible pity for our mother, who was either clueless about the whole thing or turned a blind eye from the truth. Years later, she eventually found out about the love child. She confronted my dad, but it was him who ended up furious and threatened to leave her. You know what my mom decided to, do, decided to do? She told my dad that his child can join us for our Sunday family lunches. Unfortunately, his child was evil. Every time she was with us, she would somehow stir up a fight that would make my dad furious at my mom or his grandkids who were around the same age as his kid. This led to my mom deciding that his child cannot come over anymore. He fumed at this decision and only came to his senses when a friend of his convinced him to stop forcing his wife to accept his love child. 
So now, fast forward to the day, in his 80s and during this pandemic, he refuses to stop sleeping around. It was just recently that they started sleeping in separate rooms because we told her to, for fear that he might infect her with COVID-19 because he still continues his habitual pattern of sleeping with different women. <laughs> Sorry for the long letter, but citing specifics will give a better picture of what my family has gone through all these years. So my question is, why did my mom put up with this for over 40 years? Why didn't she leave him early on? Why is it acceptable for her that men womenize but just not have a love child? And why hasn't my father stopped and have had any realizations at his age? So many so, whys. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would suggest that the, the mother had very few resources uh, with which to leave. Mm. And, uh, I mean, given the way he threatened to disinherit everybody, uh, I would think that he would have made life extremely difficult for her. He wouldn't have said, you know, I'll buy you a house in Alabang and uh, I'd give you credit cards and all the rest of 15 trips a year to the United States. So uh, there'll be that. And mm. the result of that, of course, is if she turns a blind eye, why should he stop? He's having a good time, and there's no reason to stop. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, if, if for 80 years he hasn't realized that his behavior is unacceptable, it's extremely unlikely that he's going to become uh, you know, more cognizant of his yeah. <laughs> I do like that word. That's a uh, good word. You know, unless, unless, you know, the, the proverbial thunderbolt you know, strikes him, Let's say he has a stroke and, you know, he becomes a believer, you know, which happens a lot, particularly the people who are at the end of their life. You know, when, you can see the, when you can see that, you know, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, then, um, you know, you, you start to sober up a little and decide whether your behavior is quite, you know, what it will take to find the key to the pearly gates. So... <laughs> No, I mean, that, that's what I think. Um, yeah. you know, of course, knowing the woman or their financial situation at all. I think um, I have heard a lot of instances. I have heard of one, though, speaking of what, what Jeremy said, like he would say, um, God will forgive. So I think in his head, he, he's also a cheater. God will always forgive so his game plan is, is that <laughs> the last second somehow he's going to be able to say sorry and then he will forgive <laughs> some men that, um, i would say not a very sophisticated reading yeah definitely I, not it's not an excuse to when i heard that i was like I, what? <laughs> it's almost time to go, you know, right? You're 9 yeah. to 10. We have a long distance call. But I also wanted to tell the letter writer, of course, our heart goes out to her. But then we really don't know any of the other yeah. people involved. We've only heard her side of the story. So, you know, if we were, you know, really ethical professionals, which you never claim to be, so you can be an ethical layman, we yeah. wouldn't try to second guess them or try to psychoanalyze them. However, maybe it might be better for her 
to just look at her own life in the sense that, you know, our childhood has such a great impact on us. And maybe if, you know, she could go not, you know, maybe to therapy or not even therapy, just trying to understand so that she doesn't make the same mistakes. So that yeah. she doesn't end up with a man and she feels she has to forgive him because if not, you know, she hasn't followed her mother's forgiving nature. Or on the other hand, be so quick to leave a man who may have, you know, strayed once because she doesn't want to be like her mother at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she can love them both or hate them both or one or the other. I don't want you to accuse me of a false dichotomy. But just make sure that her life is her own, if she can. You know, in her 50s, maybe, you know, it's time. I mean, I know it's hard, but it's time to not spend all your energy trying to understand your parents' selfish or not so brilliant decisions. And just make sure that you make better decisions for your own life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all too easy for us either to learn nothing from our mm. past yeah. or to take the other view, which is that everything my parents did, I'm going to do the opposite. Mm. Uh, which again, isn't you know, not very clever sometimes. This uh, is one question I have in terms of children and um Let's say a father that cheats. Is it genetic? I think Shari's been wanting to know this. I've been wanting to ask Is that this genetic? It's genetic. I've never heard of it being genetic. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Later on, when diagnostic tools in psychology or neuroscience get better and better, we may find that some genetics is involved. After all, isn't there the prairie vole and something else? And one of the kinds of moles are, are faithful for life and the other kind is not. So there must be something genetic. However, as you say, I think environmental factors make, a, at least at this point, from what the research shows, etc., environmental factors, factors, including the culture, makes, I know, it's a very big determining factor. So in peer the, pressure, peer pressure is a thing. An environmental factor. For sure, yes. yeah. Yes. In this specific situation, how do you stop it? Let's say, because I've been also in a situation where I've been cheated on for 10 years. And it was very different. The first time it was like there was a hidden dating profile. And then after a while, it was just like an accepted thing because I had different wants. This person had different wants. And maybe I was too weak to accept that it was not a good relationship um and i thought it was a reflection that it's a failure so i think sometimes women stay because they don't want it to be a reflection of themselves that -hmm. it's a failure so my question is if it drags on how do you stop it like you said do you just like say okay i'm gonna leave and actually leave and bring the children is there other ways because i didn't have a child when i in my specific, I had no one to drag but like a pillow. <laughs> so, but in a situation where there are kids or no kids, how do you stop a prolonged cheating? First of all, I don't think you should spend your energy trying to stop it because okay. what you're doing is trying to control this behavior. And the only, the only person's behavior that you can control is your own. 
right? Yeah. What are you going to do if I threaten him or if I bribe him? This is so important to remember that the only person's behavior you can change is your own. So in family therapy, they talk about how family is a system. So it's homeostatic. Right, you you carry on this way. You know he cheats, and you find a way to deal with it. But once there is a change, the other person will also change to keep that balance that you have. So I don't know what it is. If you say, "Look, I've had enough. I want to leave," he has to do something to keep the balance. I don't know what it is. Beg you to stay because he loves you. Beg you. I, there's just one little story I want to tell. Is it okay with your director? But anyway, of course, we can. We oh, extend as ahead. long as yeah. Oh, no, don't go ahead. Yes. No, but anyway, remember that letter. We had two letter writers, and we could only answer one because it was a same type of letter where she said the same, like like the story of this lady, you know, that her husband uh, had a love child. And she accepted the love child and he promised he would never do it again. But three years later, he did the same thing. And she said, but I cannot leave him because he says he loves me so much. Yeah, I've heard that. How I've heard that, that line. Can that, can, <laughs> that be, can that be true, Dr. Home? Here's the number one line I used to hear. I would mm -hmm. never leave you. I would never love her more than I love you. I yeah, was like, yeah. really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> then why do you cheat on me and not on her? Exactly. You know, yeah. No, but I always say, I mean, who defines love? Maybe you're right. Maybe he loves you. But is this the kind of love you want? Or yeah. are you settling? Am I feeling And then Yeah, it's very much the case of defining what love means for you yes, for you. and for your spouse. <coughs> and, if, and if they don't, uh, if they don't coincide sufficiently, then, you know, there's a problem. And if you can, you leave. The greater problem, of course, is if you can't if you leave. Can. And, uh, you know, Two to three thousand years of history and full of people who've not been able to leave. And they've been I'm, very unhappy and they've gone to their graves unhappy. I'm curious about um from the two of you, what does love mean? Because you mentioned that and it's all we ever really want. Like this is why we started the show. The main goal of this show to find <laughs> love. Uh, no, well. no, not to be lonely, but like um, I yeah. guess what what does love mean? I think that we, we've touched on this. It's steak every day. Ah, steak <laughs> every day. <laughs> no you know, burgers on the side. <laughs> you know, I'll just quote Eric from, and I think it's beautiful, and I think love is mature love. Eric from once said, uh, what did he say? Oh, yeah. Immature love says, I love you because I need you. And mature love says, I need you because I love you. Isn't that beautiful? And maybe we can yeah. end on that so we look. We yes, look. yes. Very of course. Although, although hold on, we, we do have just one last, last question. What oh, okay. is the best, like, because we got this from a lot of people. What's your number one advice for uh, men or women who got cheated on? How do they just, how do they move on? What's the best way that they can just uh, shake it off and live their life? Mm. Well, I think <laughs> you, 
you 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 can't shake it off. No. no. It's like it's like you know you you have a car crash and you wake up in hospital and you're missing a leg. Well, you're not going to get it back. <laughs> okay. Then you move on, but you have to move on a bit more slowly. Yes, and yeah. maybe remember, you know, this it's grief. You know, you feel grief, and maybe you can accept that, and you know. We can talk about the four stages of grief, but we don't have time. Don't have but the end of a relationship, yeah, you grieve no matter how terrible the relationship is, right, Bea? I don't I've been grieving. I'm. Do I look like I'm grieving now? I no, no, not now. <laughs> did you break up with him? No, but it's messy. Years of your life, right? Yeah, you do. You're all. Yeah, of course, it makes sense to grieve and. I think sometimes if you pressure yourself to move on or your friends pressure yourself to move on, they're yeah. not doing you a service. Yeah, they're not doing you a favor. It yeah. takes time. You accept it takes time. But maybe say yes to a couple of dates. Okay, you know? start with one and then go on to the next. It's a numbers game. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Yes, Margie and Jeremy. Like, Jeremy. you know what? I mean, I, I love do. what you talk about love and all those. Like, I think you just put it out there and kind of punch me in the face in a good way. In a good way. Sometimes you need to be punched and slapped in the face, right? Like you said, fear is a good factor. Um, but, Sherry, how about you before we um, say goodbye to our um, favorite? Um, Yes. I just, I just, I liked, I liked the last line, the um, immature love and mature love. That's like an important thing to yeah. just ingrain in our head. Start looking for mature love and just and pray. Put it on your forehead. Pray for the best. Thank you for making the time. Um, I understand you both so busy and we are, you know what, hopefully we have some success stories to share with you in a couple months. So. <laughs> we hope we have the love you both have and we're really grateful. Um, we appreciate we appreciate all the input that you gave us. We really did learn and I hope we helped you guys, the, the cheaters and the cheated on. I hope we helped um, with our professionals. And Bea, your excitement was through the roof. <laughs> I know, um, but thank, thank you so much. Yes. We will wrap thank up you. also, but but bye bye. You guys, yeah, bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank Take you. Care. Sherry, my gosh, um, what's your takeaway? That was like such a whirlwind of realization, right? Today, um, you know what? My takeaway is honestly, um. I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. There was like a, so much information <laughs> to be. I felt like an encyclopedia like like fell on my head. Like, I'm curious <laughs> like to our audience out there. What did you guys learn? Or do you guys have more questions? Um, it's kind of nuts. But okay, okay, may I let's start with you. What's your takeaway? Because you are actually experienced in this. Um, you know what? What what uh number one is the the fear factor. I think that's so important. If there's something to lose, if you're a woman that just agrees to it and just like takes the you know, doesn't look look at what's happening, he will just continuously do it to you. Yeah. Um oh there, people say they, this was great. Thank you, thank you so much. But um the main thing is there has to be a fear factor. Number two, search for mature love. And number three, know what 
real love is because if it's not real love then you will cheat on each other and there's no hope but i do believe in hope after i saw them yeah and i also like what she said i guess my main takeaway is like okay it could be love this person's cheating on you but is it the love that you deserve or is it the love that you want um yeah. i think we should leave our audience at that um, yes thank so, you everybody for watching next week bea what do we have next week it's it's fun right yeah, so um, next week, um, yeah, do you want to run through it or do you want me to be just as excited as I am about infidelity? Uh, okay, you take a breath. <laughs> okay, so for our episode next Wednesday, Bea is a big fan of this also. I'm just kidding. We were inspired. <laughs> we were inspired by Emily in Paris and the phrase Le Petit Mort. Is that how yes. you can pronounce it? Which is all about orgasms. Um, it translates to the little death. We will discuss those who have never experienced it and those who have and how to get the most out of it. Yes. So please do. I mean, if you guys have other questions about cheating and orgasms or if there are other wholesome topics you want to talk about, we're also open to that. Except this is, you know, towards the end of the year, we have to leave with a bang. Um, so I hope you were just as excited as I was today and you know what people are quiet I think they were scared to be judged about infidelity but if you have questions please do message us secretly and please do click subscribe here or there (laughs) Um, so yeah thank you thank you everybody for watching stay thirsty and I guess we'll see you again next week at 9pm on Wednesday Bea thanks again for my Red Bull situation. Um, next, but yeah. Ne- next week, take a melatonin. <laughs> so sorry, guys. But I really am, like, I'm very hopeful. No, Thank yeah, you. It's, both, it's nice. both, I love both. your energy today. <laughs> All right. See you next um, Wednesday. Bye, guys. Thank you. And 30. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye again. <laughs>